Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman. You will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. All right, what is going on everybody? It's uh, Dave here coming live at you. Uh, today we're inside our Facebook group for some live uh, interactive training. Uh, also going to be putting this uh, up on the podcast. So it's my intention today that uh, on today, on, on Friday today, that we discuss uh, the very key topic of how to get off the truck inside of your cleaning business. So, um, you know, this will apply if you're pressure washing, soft washing, gutter cleaning, window cleaning. It is all uh, very similar what I'm going to be talking about today uh, as we talk about actual processes and systems. Um, so you guys, if you don't know who I am, my name is Dave. Uh, I picked up this book here right behind me. Pick this book up, The E-Myth uh, by Michael Gerber. I picked that up for the first time in 2016. Uh, I knew nothing of the word systems uh, and I started my cleaning business. And so I spent uh, the first few years going crazy building systems in my business and now I teach it uh, inside my coaching program as I'm sure you've seen. And so what tended to happen was uh, you know I, I put a lot of intentionality behind this system building and for three years in a row I got up early and I built systems inside my business and it's all thanks to that book the e-myth so before we kick off this training here it is here guys I'm not affiliated with the book in any way but it did change my business tremendously uh, and therefore changed uh, my life as you guys know your small business is like very closely linked to uh, the lives that we get to live so what is going on, everybody? You see some good comments coming in. I uh, just want to give a shout out. Uh, Chisholm, we got John, we got Jeff, Neil, Gonzalo. Uh, I'm sure more to come. Uh, those of you on the training, feel free to say hi uh, in the comment section. And today we're talking about how to get off the truck. So I wanted to briefly tell you who I am. Uh, I currently run a business today called uh, Revive Services. Uh, we specialize in exterior cleaning as well as Christmas lights. And so I have walked uh, the road that you're currently walking. Uh, my first year in business, we did $89,000. I was on the truck. I was figuring out systems. I was fighting the good fight uh, as you all are uh, as well. And I've been fortunate to build a great team around me uh, and build literally hundreds of systems inside my business so that today the business is running uh, without my constant involvement. We've got a great team to run the business and we have a specialist or a director or a manager, call it whatever you want, in each department of the business. And that's what I wanted to talk about on this training was how was I able to actually pull myself, peel myself away from the truck? What did that process look like? Um, and feel free to put in questions, guys, into the comment section. Uh, we may have some time for questions. I'm planning for this session to be about 30 minutes uh, or so. So let's kick it off. So the first thing I wanna bring to your attention, if you've not heard it before, you're gonna have different departments of your business, okay? So over here, we've got a marketing department, right? We need to get the phone to ring. 
in the middle here, we've got our office or administration. Someone's gonna need to pick up the phone and be able to schedule your crews and send out small estimates. Uh, over here, we've got production, okay? So as you scale your cleaning business, it's my, uh, my teaching that about two thirds of your company is actually gonna be inside this umbrella of production over here, right? In order to generate dollars, we're going to have to need to go out and do the thing that we're doing. Clean the windows, clean the gutters, whatever it is that you're doing. And then last not least over here, we've got our sales uh, division, right? A lot of you, as you scale up your company, the sales position will be one that you actually hold on to probably the longest uh, in addition to marketing. And so through this training, I wanted to walk you through what are the actual steps that you need to go through to grow a systematized business, right? Some's gonna take some people a year, two years, five years, 10 years to actually do it. It's my hope that when you get on trainings like this and you educate yourself, uh, a lot of people say, you know, they've been in business for 15 or 20 years. They've actually only been in business for one year. They've just repeated the same year in business 20 times, right? So just let that kind of sink in for a second uh, as you look at your own business and your own life, okay? so. You know, we've got our four departments we talked about. Now, when you're able to grow your company, you're able to put a specialist in each department and have them, you know, join this dream team. And if you're kind of an owner operator right now, you're gonna look at the hours you dedicate towards this business and you're gonna be like, doing some Facebook ads over here or sending out an email campaign and then you're gonna be picking up the phone, right, while you're on a ladder scrubbing windows and then you gotta go out and do in-person bids. So everything I said in the last 20 seconds, you kinda jumped from the four different departments of your business all within the course of a day or even sometimes a few hours, right? We're constantly like switch tasking from marketing to sales to production back over to marketing, over to production, and it's just like this crazy mess. And so you wanna figure out a way over the next months or years that you can build basic infrastructure, and that only happens, uh, it can only happen when you have a fundamental understanding of how the business runs and what the different departments are. So if you've never heard that uh, kind of department before, well now, now you've got it in, uh, in your back pocket for you. So generally, We've established the departments. You guys know that you want to systematize. You may have read the e-myth. And so now it just becomes a matter of priority, right? We can't necessarily systematize everything in the same month or a lot of times even the same year. It's going to take uh, kind of a multi-step process, okay? So of those four departments I just said, I would highly, highly recommend the first hat that you take off is indeed your production hat okay so let's rewind the clock five six years ago i'm on the truck i'm cleaning glass we're doing eighty nine thousand dollars per year i'd never cleaned windows before i was figuring it out right how much am i charging per window how do we clean gutters how do we pressure wash concrete it was a very exploratory year for me i didn't have a background in cleaning right i went to Home Depot, I bought like the cheapest Ryobi power washer. I'm sure you guys have seen pictures of my journey. I had no idea what I was getting into uh, and it was just learning about systems. So what happened was I didn't worry about getting, you know, the marketing department or the sales department figured out. My only main mission was to be able to get myself off the truck because I did know that, you know, a mentor of mine told me, he said, Dave, you don't actually have a window cleaning company. 
you're running a customer service business that happens to clean windows. And it was like this light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, wow, I'm actually the customer service guy. I should be focusing on leads. I should be focusing on sales, right? I, I'm, I'm gonna put aside over here my ego that no one can clean as good as I can and I'm gonna actually approach this as a marketer, as a salesperson, as a CEO. So that's kind of the first, I think, fundamental realization you need to have as a cleaning business owner is that there's going to need to come a day that you just look in the mirror and you just fire yourself from production, right? You literally just say, I will stay in the field for the next 20 years if I don't change something like today. So some of you, need to literally pull out a calendar and just put a big X on it and be like, this is my last day in the field, right? And so um, for me, it's just become a non-negotiable. I don't jump, you know, when I was growing my company, I will literally kill myself to try move a job than me go out in the field unless we're doing some training, right? And so you've got to come to this point where you are not going to be Superman or Superwoman anymore and jump out and go and save the day in your business because you're now your light bulbs turned on in your brain. You're so aware of these other responsibilities in the business that for you to go jump out in the field, you're actually doing your business a great disservice by foregoing all these other things you got to take care of and you're jumping in to go please one customer. Now, I'm not saying never ever jump in but I think I would look at your hours per week. And if you're gonna work a full-time job 40 hours a week, chances are if you're running your business, you're more working like a 50, 60, 70, but let's just say 40 for purposes of this example. I think some of you right now are working like 30 of those hours in the field. I would look at a goal this year. How do we move those 30 hours down to like 10 hours per week, right? How do I only go out for two half days a week and that's it. And so it's a totally different shift in the way that you're thinking and how you're approaching your business. And again, back to the e-myth, what Michael talks about here is he says we're suffering from an entrepreneurial seizure, right? And so I went into the cleaning business thinking I clean glass, that's gonna make me money, that's gonna make me profit but it's actually more the systems and building the business that actually is really where the rubber meets the road. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs enter into a pressure washing business because they start cleaning their buddies and their neighbors and their friends and they're like, hey Jeff, you're really good at pressure washing, like you should probably start your business, right? And like I think most of the world when it comes to business is like highly uninformed. And so we take their advice and we go get that Ryobi pressure washer and we start cleaning and we think that, you know, we now have a pressure washing business. It's like, no, Jeff, you just got a pressure washer. Dave just got a pressure washer and he's cleaning homes and he's self-employed inside his own business. And then not only are you responsible for the job, you're responsible for all the responsibilities that come with a business owner. So that's just my mini rant, I think, on what happens. And then the owner walks down this rabbit trail of they do a great job, like, Literally doing a good cleaning job is not the issue in our industry. Our, our issue in our industry is there's too many guys, girls great at cleaning that think they own a cleaning business when really they should be focused on more building the business. And again, that's back to the e-myth. We're working in the business, not on it, okay? So like I said, it is this iterative process. It doesn't usually happen overnight, but you need to get so solid in what business this is that you're gonna just laugh and be like, why am I always going out in the field, right? And then 
it segues to we can't get good people and I'll, I'll talk about that later if we have time. And so there's a lot of inner workings that go into systematizing a company. I think most companies don't figure it out because, um, you know, the owner doesn't know what they don't know. They just don't know. I never knew the word system, right, until I read the book. I think a lot of us think we're in business and doing well, but we actually don't know what business we're in or what we should really be working on, okay? So that's like step one is the understanding. So if you go back to my story, I had to figure out how to fire myself from the truck, right? And so it started with me going out and getting an assistant, right? I recruited a fellow, his name was Graham from a local university. I paid him, I trained him. How do we talk to customers? How do we view our schedule? How do we do upsells? How do we clean a window? I got him going. I worked with him for a number of weeks. When he was good, I said, awesome, you're gonna go out on your own. I'm gonna go get an assistant for you. I'm gonna come check up on you. I'm gonna call you once a day, check in, see how we're doing. And I was very honest with Graham. I said, hey, I've gotta go now figure out how to get more jobs for you. I've gotta build my brand and focus on Google reviews and flyers and everything else, right? And so that was kind of the first step that I made was a decision saying, hey, you're no longer going out in the field unless it's an absolute emergency. We're gonna get Graham doing the jobs now. There's going to be some turbulence, right? And the problem is, I think sometimes you guys stay in business for two, three, four, five, six years. You're always the guy to do the service. It gets incredibly difficult to pivot that away from your customers when they're always expecting Jeff to come and clean the windows year after year, year after year. You kind of like build up cement block walls around yourself being the best technician. And so those also for me, become the hardest people to coach. And so I actually like coaching people in business for like less than, you know, seven, five years where they're not like closed minded that they have to be the one to do the job. And so if you're a younger company, kind of take that as like encouragement from me saying, now's the time to not get stuck in your rut and actually change your neural pathways in your brain and say, hey, there is a better way to grow this thing. Maybe Dave's right. Maybe this thing can run without me. Maybe I'm human like everybody else and I'm able to actually transfer this skill set to somebody else. So again, back to the fact, so many moving parts in a business. I think you need to recognize a business is a complex machine and that you need to get really busy, again, building out these basic frameworks, these processes inside your business. So if back to the example, if you're taking 40 hours a week, 30 hours are literally spent on the truck cleaning the stuff, you're gonna be so disadvantaged to the guy that's flipped around and says, I'm only doing 10 hours a week, but now I'm doing 30 hours a week on system building. So it's a bit of this like chicken and egg thing. I don't expect you to be sitting in an office all the time building systems, but you do need to slowly get yourself out of the field. And quite honestly, a lot of people I work with I would rather they like press pause on their business and not do a single job for like 90 days. That's why like right now, it's such a key time that a lot of you have seasonality in your business. January, February and March are like gravy months for building systems. By time we hit April, May, June, you become extremely busy and it gets difficult to actually build out processes. So now is kind of the time to get after it and really prepare this thing for busy season, okay? So your first department, your first hat you need to be taking off 
is that field technician hat. And so I wouldn't worry about systemizing marketing or sales right now. We're just worried about creating processes inside production so that you physically can remove yourself from the field. Again, that might not be overnight, but it's this slow process where you're developing uh, somebody to help you run um, you know, run your service department in, in the field. So that's kind of the first thing, okay? Give me a comment, guys, if this is resonating. Uh, we got a few more people joining. What's up, Sean? And we got Andrew and Savannah. Great to see you guys. Uh, let me know where you're listening from and if this is uh, landing with good value for you while I grab a quick drink here. All right, so production, that's got to get done. You don't need a production manager right now. You just need to find a really good lead technician that you can develop and ideally keep someone long-term for your company. That's a whole nother conversation. We wanna stick on task and how are you actually gonna get off the truck and grow this thing, right? Stage two, when you're freed up from the truck, you're pushing sales, you're pushing marketing, and you're pushing the office all while you're checking in on that field technician, right? So you're kind of in the second department now, admin or office, right? And this is a very interesting one. You wanna make sure that you're highly organized, right? You wanna make sure you've got some field uh, service management going on, right? We use Jobber, um, House Call Pro, Service Monster. There's a, there's a customer factor, there's a bunch of them, right? Again, not a training to tell you which one to use. You wanna have a back end of your business. Um, some people I've heard, they go out and hire an office manager, they don't even have like field service management. And so it's just a huge problem that you need to first lay the foundation and do the thing yourself and then you can take the hat off. So when you look at uh, a business owner like myself, I'm gonna know how to do generally most of the things in my business, although we're at a point where now the specialists are past me, but you kind of need to have this generalist approach, right? And I'm going to pull out another book for your resources here. This Who Not How, I've talked about this before, but when you grow your company, you're going to stop asking, how do we do everything, right? How do I go in the CRM and add this little thing which does the deposit? I don't really know how to do that anymore, but I know exactly who in my company can do it. And so you want to be thinking at scale, you want to be thinking of these four departments, like I said, and you wanna be identifying talent and saying, this person could be director of this you know, division in my business. And when I look at my company now, it's like one big umbrella called Revive, but there's almost four mini businesses going on in it. We got a mini business of marketing, of office, of production and sales. And so generally, I think as you crest over that $250,000 revenue marker, again, this is general, um, you know, put it specific to your area, but generally around 250 quarter million in revenue is where the owner starts to sweat. And that's where you start spending more than 20 hours a week of your time on job or house call pro or whatever, dragging and dropping, scheduling, checking the email, picking up the phone. And so I would really encourage you if you're kind of at that level, 
I would look at enrolling a part-time office admin. Maybe you find someone in your network. Maybe you look at like a Jill's office or a bid slot, somewhere that can help you with um, some phone answering. Maybe you hire someone internally and say, hey, this is gonna be a 15 hour a week position this year, but in the next year, it's my intention, we'll grow to half a million and we'll put you in full time. So that's kind of what's gotta go on here in, in level two uh, or the office admin. That's kind of your second building block. Uh, I wouldn't worry about an office admin if you're around 100K right now. Um, I would just keep doing it yourself as you got off the truck. But as you push revenues to that 250 mark, I'd really be thinking about an office admin because um, you're going to just start spending too much of your time in the office then. So that's kind of that second step. You want to take this hat off and to be transparent with you guys, as I grew my business, the, the, the hardest hat for me to take off was literally the office hat. And you might think that's kind of funny, but... I loved our CRM. I still do, but I love knowing every little nuance and I'm a, I'm naturally a very organized person, so I loved color coding the schedule and like routing the job so good and like I took a lot of pride in that and email response time, but ultimately I stayed in that stage a little bit too long. And again, back to my previous point, it got tricky to transfer out of that until uh, I brought in a, a really good office manager um, who's now actually moved over to our marketing department. And so you got to recognize your tendencies. You may be a business owner that's like extremely hands-on, right? High pride of ownership in the field. You may have a really high pride of ownership in the office, right? And you're like, get stressed out if, if spacing's not correct or capitalization or spelling errors like I do. I like everything really nice and dialed. Um, so you're going you're gonna to find different places in your business where it's like harder to actually like fire yourself from. And ultimately growing a growing a service business, you're just moving to each level and then you're firing yourself every step of the way. So we say at my company, like always look to replace yourself, right? And so I wanna look back in a year and be like, my key people are now in roles leveled up. And we're looking at this year, each director position is now gonna be enrolling an assistant, right? So a production manager, you're gonna now have a production assistant the office manager, we're enrolling a CSR, right? A customer service rep to help uh, our office manager take the phone calls. And so we're looking at bringing assistance now to our key leaders. It's just about layering up your company and giving your key people some help so that we can build something sustainable. And that's another point, you know, we're talking about in my program is like approaching this business with a long-term view. I've made podcasts on this, so I won't deep dive into it too much but you want you don't just want to hit a home run this year guys in 2022 i want you to do well but i'd rather you like build out the guts of your company so that in three years five years seven years the thing is like solid right and so when you kind of tweak your mindset and don't just go after like how much profit can we pump in this one year i'd more say what systems what infrastructure can we build that'll be a win this year, right? To the guy, to the girl who's 30 hours in the week, 30 hours a week in the truck right now, you getting down to 10 hours a week is going to be more of a win than you hitting, you know, $300,000 in, in revenue or whatever your goal is um, this year, okay? So that's step two. We gotta get ourselves out of the office. I'm a huge fan in the service industry of when you're smaller, not starting people full-time, you bring them in part-time. You make sure they're a fit with your core values and then you move them up into full time if they're a great uh, fit, if that makes sense. So 
Tracking back on the comments, uh, thanks for the compliment. Jeff, you said you're on the right path. That's incredible. Uh, my man, Kelton, good to hear from you, man. He's working on his business right now. Uh, David, good stuff. True Gold, good to hear from you, David. Uh, Jordan Allison says, forget about the home run. I'm hitting a grand slam. I love it. Uh, and Jeff says, what do you think of outsourcing the marketing department? I will get to that one uh, shortly for you there, Jeff. So we'll keep moving here, guys. The next position I'd be looking, you know, to quote unquote fire yourself for is the sales position, okay? Now, I this is kind of quite a large jump up, but generally around that half million dollar mark is kind of where this is the framework I'll give you right here. You're gonna have ideally two crews going, two people in each crew. You're gonna have an office admin fairly full-time, 30 to 40 hours a week. And then you're gonna be at this crossroad where you as the business owner, you're quite busy, but you're you're doing estimates in person, you're coaching your crew leaders, and you're also coaching your office admin, and you're kind of at this crux of like, do I camp here and cruise it for a year or two and make a good amount of net profit or a great salary for myself, or do we level up to the next level? And so for those of you saying, I'm at 500, um, let's talk about sales. And so this is kind of this $250,000 jump up where you go from 500 to 750. Unless you're extremely skilled, I think to get to 750, you're gonna need one of two things. Either you're gonna need to get another person in the office to help book jobs virtually, or you're gonna need to look at a part-time in-person sales rep, okay? We call them sales consultant at my company. And so this past year, we had a sales consultant part-time who would go out and do in-person estimates. And that's, again, a whole nother training on in-person or virtual. Um, the answer is we kind of do a combination of both, um, where it kinda, we have a call tree that we run uh, inbound calls through, and we figure out, can the office admin take this and quote it on Street View, or do we have to set up an in-person appointment? And so up to that half million dollar mark, I would suggest you as an owner, you open up some availability in your schedule to be able to go out and do in-person quotes. Um, you know, I think that's just a very key thing you want to have at this level of being a business owner. It's, again, all these balls that you're juggling in the air, but your role as a business owner is to go represent your company well and make sure that the sales are always driving the business. And I think that's one thing we did well at my service business is we always had a keen focus on marketing and sales to push the business. I wanted to get in the first five years, grow this thing, grow a team, and you need marketing and sales to be able to, to facilitate this, okay? Um, Eric says he's working on scripts. Uh, Neil's working on the business right now, awesome. Uh, and Craig asked a good question, we'll, we'll get to that as well. So that's the sales position, uh, a lot goes into it, we'll do more training on it, but generally in and around this mark, half a million to 750, you're gonna wanna start thinking about sales uh, and what that looks like. Again, I would look at starting someone part-time, I just train exactly what we did, uh, and then you can grow them into a full-time go full goal if um, that is what you want. And again, you can do a lot with virtual tools, I believe, in quoting online, and you know, having someone in the office that's very good on the phone in level two will help push you into level three and kind of take on a little bit of a sales role um, would be really good. So. 
We'll do a couple more guys and then we'll we'll jump on a few questions here just so that we don't run um, this too too long. All right, so then once our salesperson's in place, we're getting to that kind of fourth level. This is your general management level, okay? So this is where we're currently at as a company is grooming a general manager to be able to run the business. Now, what a general manager does is you're meeting with your office director, you're meeting with your marketing director, you're meeting with each different department is very, very key. And so actually what I didn't talk about if we just rewind slightly, I personally think the last hat that you'll take off as a business owner is the marketing hat. Um, and you can look at hiring a marketing company for this or, you know, doing it in-house. But I think as a business owner, you want to always hold marketing right till the end. You need to know your ROI on different marketing channels and what's going to make the phone ring and therefore push the business forward. So the marketing hat for me uh, was the last one that I took off just last year uh, and got an amazing marketing uh, coordinator with uh, David in place. And so he now facilitates his marketing um, plan for the company. We just had him come in. I shared on the group here for you guys um, the strategic plan that David created for our company. He's the owner, the owner of this category, of this division of the business. He's saying, I propose we do this, this, and this. I've given him a marketing budget and you know I'm now coaching him uh, on what we can do best to continue to grow the business. So it's this great partnership there with marketing. So that's kind of your last hat that you'll be taking off as we complete the loop of like production to office to sales to marketing. So transferring back to what I was saying with the general manager role is you got to figure out as a business owner, do you want to be the general manager in your own business and have a department head? Or is there a coming day where you'd want to have someone fully in charge running the day-to-day -day of your operations and you want to significantly reduce the time in your business and so that's kind of the last loop that you want to be closing again some people won't even move beyond this level they'll just say i'm really happy you know at a revenue level of a million bucks i'm the general manager i have a great salary a great profit a great team uh, and at that level you know it's not even going to be a crazy full-time role because you're gonna have people in departments, you're gonna be working with the business owner, or if you are the business owner, you'll be strategizing and looking at your pricing and new services to add, and maybe other businesses you could take over. You're flying to conferences, right? You're probably in uh, a mastermind community working on growing yourself. That's kinda where you get to at that kinda GM level um, when you've got people in place, and so, just to encourage you guys, like I think getting kind of zero to 500K is going to be like the, the messiest part of your business, showing proof of concept, building a brand, wrapping a truck for the first time, second time, knowing your numbers, having a budget, all these things need to fall in place. And it's going to probably take you a few years to figure out, you know, I know it took me um, that long and I'd love if you could do it, do it quicker than I did because... Um, there's a lot of pain that can be inflicted in that early startup stage that if you can blow past that and put someone solid in the office and have a couple solid crews, um, you know, we didn't talk much about the production manager position, but that's one again could be a whole nother training on getting someone in place to be able to run um, your crews uh, to facilitate, you know, the cleaning or whatever your service is. So there's a, a whole lot that goes into it, guys, with with system building. But that's why I kicked off this training with just how important it is 
to approach your business with uh, through the lens, through the glasses of an entrepreneur, of a CEO, and not approach it as you know a window cleaner or, or a pressure washer. Again, knowing that you're in a customer service business that just happens to provide this service that your company has is very important. And that's why when you look at um, people who, who love systems and love business, you know, myself, for example, I love making systems. You know, if I'm doing this in a washing business, you know, I could do this in a painting business and I've done that. I could do it in a Christmas light business. I'm doing that. You could do it in a junk removal business. Like it's not, that's the beautiful game of business. Like is what I'm saying is if you can figure out this skill set of system building, of seeing the big picture with this company, you can then go and look at adding services and really build out this like umbrella uh, platform company, you know, that is going to be able to run without you, um, which is just an, an incredible place to be. So I'll just hit a couple questions here, guys, just as we wrap up, uh, we'll take questions for a few minutes. So if anything's kind of pressing that I said, feel free to toss it in the chat and uh, we'll look at jumping on some of these. So um, Craig has a good one. Craig said, do you need a separate office or shop rather than your home? Um, so I'm I'm more of the bootstrapping, scrappy startup type of uh, mode. So we grew up to um, $582,000 in uh, a few years ago in our business. We didn't even have a shop or an office. My office was literally, you know, in Starbucks, like that big rectangular table that sits six. Yeah, we had our whole team working from there um, five days a week. I kid you not. We'd be there for four to six hours a day. I kind of joke about this, right? Like I'm sure the staff just loved us there, but that was our office um, because I wanted to be able to, you know, not sink a ton of money um, into a space. Like when you're leasing a space, guys, that is overhead. Um, and I personally think that businesses bite off more than they can chew. And that's sometimes why they don't survive is for cash flow issues. So, you know, I think you want to remain scrappy it kind of is a question where people hire an office admin and I would highly suggest you look at having someone work remotely but with um, checks and balances as in I'm meeting up with you two times a week to discuss the business and give you some coaching. So just personally, I'm sharing what I did. I would try and go scrappy before I go and invest uh, and start paying rent uh, somewhere unless it's like absolutely needed in the business it's a it's an overhead expense and i would wait as long as you personally could now granted yes you look more professional with the space but you know i'd rather have uh, a solid financial backing than look more professional uh, as a company at the end of the day when you're a small business people are first going to buy into you and your vision and then they'll see like oh sweet a shop an office this and that i would wait with those bells and whistles prove proof of concept, figure out your marketing, know your numbers, build a team, and then boom, go get a space. That That's just what I would do. I wouldn't do it the other way. I think business owners get caught more often than not um, when they when they go that way. So um, yeah, Craig, to answer your question, I would have the office admin personally work from home and I would meet them at Starbucks on Monday and Friday to start the week, close the week in an hour meeting uh, and make sure that they're giving you a report each day on on how the business is going. So great, great question on that one. Um, outsourcing the marketing, Jeff, to jump on that question. I would say, 
you can do it either way, right? You you can outsource it. I think at the end of the day, you want to know what leads cost in your business, what your conversion rate is on that, uh, what are your best levers you can pull as a business owner. And so in your first few years, I'd figure out how to do all those things. And then I would look at buying my time back and maybe, I don't like the word outsourcing, but maybe hire like a service provider who's an expert. Um, the reason I don't like outsourcing is sometimes we think, we delegate it and then we don't have to deal with it. It's like, it's still our responsibility as a business owner. So I would look to find the best person you can. Either they come on your team internally, maybe in a part-time role, or you go hire them externally um, as a service provider. But at the end of the day, you just wanna find someone extremely skilled in, in what they're doing. Um, some more good questions coming up. Um, your go, Jacques uh, is asking, what's your go-to for a new owner operator to drum up business? Uh, Jacques, I'm gonna be creating more content on my podcast around that. So if you're able to sit tight a little bit, I'm gonna have uh, more trainings uh, coming out for that uh, for you, if that's cool. Uh, John's asking what CRM. John, we use Jobber. Um, they help sponsor my podcast and uh, we've been with them for three years now. Uh, I, I think personally, it's the most simple CRM to use. There are other good ones on the market, but I do uh, stand behind Jobber and we're continuing to use it and, and happy with it. Uh, Drew's asking, is there a format you use to write up systems? and the best way to have your employees follow them. That is two uh, big meaty questions in one. I'd highly suggest you guys look at creating uh, either a binder for your business and start typing out systems. That's what I did. I had a MacBook, so I would just pull up pages every morning in Starbucks, just point form, just start writing. Um, there's hundreds if not thousands of systems in your business. Uh, I'll rattle off a few right now for you if you just wanna get started. One, you need a basic pricing sheet. That's a simple system you can make for your team. Two, uh, a system would be uh, what do you, let's say you're doing door knocking, right? What are you saying at the door? That's a system. Uh, three, uh, uh, you know your service is written out. How do you group things together and package them? That's a system. Um, four, what do you say every time someone calls in to your business, an inbound call? That's another system. Uh, how do you ask for reviews? That's a system. How do you schedule a job? That's a system. What's your email signature? That's a system. Like that's what I mean. Just thing after thing after thing is uh, there's there's so much that goes into the business. So I'd get started with some of those um, basic ones that I just said there. Um, and Tony's uh, yeah. Tony says, um, "Do I, have ex I don't have experience with Market. Uh, Tony, I, I've definitely heard of them, and and some of the members in my coaching program use Market. Been happy with them, so I would would look into them. Um, you know, guys, I'll probably leave you with this: is like I think us as cleaning business owners, and I've been there myself, so I'm kind of preaching to myself here, but we can tend to over focus on optimizations in our business, right? What color is the brand? What's my tagline?" Um, what CRM am I on? Uh, what kind of uniform do I have? What does the sign say? Like those optimizations are like important to a degree, but you just can't miss like the meat and potatoes necessity of building the business, right? And that's where it comes back to these three P's that I talk about, right? Profit, number one, know your numbers, raise your prices, charge what you're worth. Like that is a necessity, right? The economic viable 
business that you're running, does it make money, right? That can we pay people to run the business and does it make money, okay? Not can Tony go out in a pressure washer and make $400 in a day? No, that's just a job for Tony. We need to figure out how this thing can pump money without you, the owner, constantly being in it. And and I'll tell you one thing, I've yet to work with a client inside my program where we've not raised their prices because that's number one, profit, 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 right? Revenue for vanity, I don't care what your top line is, how much you're actually keeping, what's left at the end of the day, very important, okay? So profit's the first necessity. The second necessity is projects. Uh, Jacques was getting at that in his quote, right? How do you go get jobs? And I'm gonna have more training um, coming on that uh, for you guys, but how do we get jobs, right? How do we make the phone ring? How do we sell jobs? When you guys start your business, you might think you make a Facebook page and you're gonna have people lining up for your for your services. It just doesn't happen. We did you know 1,200 ish jobs last year. I'd guarantee you that uh, 1,100 of them, like originally, we had to go out and get. Now we obviously have people more coming to us because we built a brand. But it's that level. Like we just assume people are gonna come to us. It just doesn't happen in your startup mode. You have to go out and get the business. You it's not you build it and people come. It's you build it and then you go get the people and bring them in. So that second necessity is projects. I think we overemphasize the importance of technical uh, perfection on the job site and the owner doesn't actually shine a flashlight on sales and marketing. And so again, back to that, you're running a customer service business that happens to do the thing. Um, It's fundamentally understanding your business. And so you need to know as a business owner, as a marketer, where can I put $1,000 into and get $10,000 back? That's the lens we look at when we grow the business, 10 times, 10 times, 10 times. We're not spending $1,000 on Facebook to book $2,000 of work. It's a terrible payoff, right? We wanna have that 10 times return. I look at that for everything from my time to the marketing spend uh, to, to my entire life at 10 times return. So that's number two is projects. Last one is people, okay? Um, Probably, I'm passionate about all those three, but if I had to pick one, uh, I love the numbers, I love marketing, but I love talking about recruiting and retaining uh, a great team. Uh, That's really what I believe is is one of my skill sets and what I love to do is create a future, create a career for people. And you need to figure out as a business owner, how can you grow this business beyond just Tony or beyond just John or whatever your name is? You got to figure out how the thing can ultimately run with a team in place and how we can extract you, the owner, from doing the day to day and running around, uh, you know, like a like a crazy person with your head cut off. So really, I think that's where business owners strike out as well on the necessity of the fact that you only have 2000 hours for the year to invest into this business if you're working full time. You gotta start looking at your output of your business as like 20,000 hours of output. And you can't, John, even if you work 24 hours a day, you'd have you know 5,000 hours or however many hours are actually in a year. You wanna start thinking about this business larger than yourself and having uh, an incredible mindset of an entrepreneur. Uh, again, little quote if you're writing, taking notes, like self-employed, People obsess about how to do the thing. Entrepreneurs obsess around the design of the thing, right? And so 
you might look at your day to day and think what's your to do list. You should have like what's your to to design list, uh, if that makes sense. And I I'm actually just hearing myself talk, and I really like that phrase because you want to be focused on the design of your business. Have your entrepreneur goggles on when you look at this business. And don't get me wrong, I have tasks to do inside my business and my life, but I know when am I in the business doing, doing, doing. When am I the CEO on the business and designing, designing, designing? So I'll leave you with that point is don't micromanage, don't obsess on the optimizations, the perfect color of the website and what did you post on Instagram and that's all little nice to have doesn't matter. Like just focus this year, uh, ladies and gentlemen, focus this year on the necessities, what's going to move the ball down the field, how am I doing with the three Ps? What systems did I create this week? Those are the questions I'd be asking yourself and I can promise you if you do this for any stretch of time, uh, again, I did it for 36 months in a row, getting up, making systems, repeat, repeat, repeat. You get better at it and you catch a little bit of a fire for building systems um, inside your home service business or your cleaning business as the case may be here. So we'll wrap up there, guys. Uh, let me know in the comments in this last minute here just um, how how this chat went and if you had a key takeaway. Uh, Gonzalo says that he's always worked for someone. He likes to do a great job for the clients. Um, he doesn't have a sense of the business side and how to set up systems. Yeah, like it's a very um, common mindset, Gonzalo. And, you know, coming on a, a training like this, you're going to be able to learn and see how to grow this business. So for those of you newer to this game, uh, do what I did. Get started with the e-myth. Get it on Audible, read that book, come on to trainings like this. Um, I'll put a link to my podcast here as I'm filming this for the podcast as well. Start to listen to some of these episodes because ultimately the biggest uh, shortcut to success in my opinion is just getting around someone who's already been where you want to be and that's what I've done with my life. If I want to become an expert or good at whatever, I'll just go and get around that person who's already done that. So. I will leave you guys uh, to be for the rest of the day. Uh, enjoy your weekend. I thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, reach out to me if any questions. You can always fire me an email. is uh, dave at homeservicebusinesscoach.com or if you're on Facebook right here, uh, go ahead and just send me over a, a PM if you got a question or just say hi. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, enjoy the rest of the day and God bless. We'll chat soon. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.